Hey, Stu, your rent's due, motherfucker. Hey, Aries, you heard about that new uh, podcast app called Anchor? I sure did, Andy. Guess what? It's time to pay some bills. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. And they have tons of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. And we know you know about that money, Jew boy. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go download your Anchor app now for free, or you can go to anchor.fm to get started today. Can you feel it, baby? That money? Yeah. And don't be pulling that falling down the stairs shit on me, you hear? Oh, I got a live one here. High school, and I snuck into this uh, bar, and uh, Robert Wool Arliss was playing there, and uh, I got to see his comedy. He was doing stand up, and it was great. It was at this bar in Tucson. It's not there anymore. Called Chances, and uh, I remember afterwards he had just done uh, Hollywood Nights, maybe a couple years before, and that was like one of my favorite movies at the time. And I remember walking up to him, just uh, getting to meet him, very excited. And I said, "Yeah, but when are you doing another movie?" And he looked at me, you know, with that sad look on his face. Mm-hmm. But and he goes, "Ah, when they when they let me do another movie." And I <laughs> didn't I didn't realize at the time it wasn't up to you to do a movie that was part of Hollywood. Well, it ain't up to you unless you're <clears throat> a big enough name, big enough star. Um shit. You know, it's, that's so weird, man. Like guys like him Kevin Pollack, you, you look at Hollywood sometimes and you just go, and, and, and yeah, I think Patrice alluded to this. I heard him allude to this one time on Opie and Anthony. It, but like when Hollywood decides when you're done, like like what makes what makes them all of a sudden go, nah, not you anymore. But they don't tell you. Well, no, they tell you without telling you. When your ass stops working, <laughs> they've told you. I just it's just wild because you see some dudes, you know, like Kevin Pollack, who's in great movies like uh few good men big huge respected successful well-written movie uh and usual suspects usual suspects it's one of my favorite movies and then all of a sudden to go from something like that to just not anymore you wonder why that is you know the biggest movie i knew robert wall from was uh batman oh yeah yeah. michael keaton yeah i forgot about that yeah he played the reporter so you know he was in a movie with Fucking Jack Nicholson and Kim Basinger and Michael Keaton and, you know, arguably the hottest, best movie of at the time. Major, major blockbuster. So to just go poof like that is fucking strange, man. It happens to white actresses all the time. You know, how many times have you gone and seen a movie where some hot, young white chick is opposite Mel Gibson or Clooney or whoever the hottest white male lead is and then... Two, three movies, and boom, it's on to the next chick. Yeah, I wonder what... It's like, almost like they make them, because they're not even... I, like, I didn't even know these chicks before, and then all of a sudden, they're in a movie. Like you said, yeah, they're, they're like... Hot. The, they're hot. They're, you know, they're yeah. always described, of course, as the girl next door or America's new sweetheart. But their shelf life, man, is just short. You know what I mean? It's, three they, movies. They, like, very rarely... I mean, you got chicks like Sandra Bullock, Meryl Streep, Julia Roberts who have, like, iconic careers like De Niro and Pacino and Nicholson where their name and their position has been solidified for decades. Well, it seems like Hollywood ages out women faster. Like, you can be a dude and still be a sexy dude older. I mean, no, but these chicks, some of these chicks disappear when they're still hot. Got their hotness, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it just, it's, it's, it's such a weird game, man. That's why I'm like, you know... My next life, I really want to come back as a as a white man, as a as a good looking white man. That that is key, man. That is good looking is a very important part in that statement. But even if you're not good looking, just 
being a white man, period, in in the, in Hollywood, your percentage is just, especially when you you know obviously got to have talent. But if you got talent, even if you're not good looking, your percentage is a lock to a degree. But yeah, you good looking, that just caps it off. You know what I mean? Unless you ruffle the wrong feathers. You get a Kevin Spacey career going. I, when you say Kevin Spacey career going, what do you mean? Well, you said that's not he's not a good looking dude. He's a he's a dude. Yeah. And uh well, he's such dude. a great actor. And though. he's a great actor, so he yeah, has a yeah, career yeah. that's outstanding. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, I just want to see if that white thing is everything I think it is. Uh, I, I've been white for a long time. I haven't found it to be outstanding, but <laughs> maybe I'm just not using it the right you're, way. You're, yeah, you're a different kind of white. <laughs> yeah, it is different. I wish I was different. Hey, did you, uh, you caught the, you didn't catch, I was talking, you didn't catch the Def Jam 25. Uh, no, I didn't. Um, you know, and it was, you know, what's crazy. Uh, one of the executives from that, this is how fucking lazy I get sometimes where I just don't want to be bothered. She actually called me to, to let me know that they wanted me there and they were leaving a ticket for me. And I just thought it was just another one. Because a lot of times, man, people will, after my shows will be like, yo, let me get your number. I got this popping off. I want to do this with you. And 98% of the time is bullshit. So I may I, I may have given someone my number and they called me and I just was in one of those moods where I was like, what the fuck is this? You know what I mean? And I, she left me a message and, and, and I remember hearing something about Def Jam and I just thought, I'm busy. I don't Come to find out it's this shit. And every big comic and their mother was there with the exception, I think, of, of Chris Rock, Jamie Foxx. And Chris Tucker. But I heard they showed me love, though. A couple people on Twitter was like, you know, they showed your clip. Because, you know, I, I, not like it's something historic, but I was the only comedian to do Def Jam at 16 years old. No one else had done it at that age. So, uh, and, you know, they were celebrating all the names that had come through there that defined the show, that went on to have illustrious careers and still be notable in the game. So yeah, they show. From what I heard, they showed me some respect and some love, and they, you know, shouted me out. I wish I'd have been there. Um, it would have been great to, 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 you know, see all them old faces that helped, you know, define a, define an era. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, there's a part where they they actually say that all, uh, all comedy roads leads back to uh, Def Jam. Yeah. It, it it was it was the first of its kind. You know. Because after Def Jam came uh, BET's Comic View. Yeah. But Def Jam definitely kicked the door open for that. If it wasn't for Def Jam, we'd probably still only be seeing one black comic per decade. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. But yeah, you know, because prior to Def Jam, you know, it was one black comic per decade. You know, prior in the 60s and, you know... Uh, not, uh, Red in the 60s and Pryor in the 70s, 70s. and Eddie in the 80s. 80s. Yeah. And then Def Jam came in the 90s and it was like, we here now. Yeah, well, Def Jam, I mean, it said, it said all... I mean, that's where I got to see comedy yeah. uh, in a different way. And I thought it was funny. They did have uh, Honest John and Rich Voss. They, uh, did they, the, were they on Def Jam? Yeah. Uh, Rich oh, Voss was the, first, was the first white comic on uh, Def Jam. And it was really funny, though, because the room, you know, without trying to make this all racial, I'll just say that it it was funny to watch a room of all black folks completely with these two white dudes in the room. And then uh, there were comics on that stage and then just some spattering of white folks in the room as everybody talked about the black message. Like that is that to me, that would be if, if the world was that. We yeah. could call that black privilege if that was the world. Yeah, white folks just need to look at that, and then they can see what white privilege like. Where you could talk about anything you want to that's in your heritage, in your way, right. and it's cool. And the other, and the and then the, the minority in the room is like looking around, like it's okay, we're here. Are we? Are we all right? <laughs> right. And it it was really funny to see a different perspective on that because black comedy has contributed so much to comedy in these last in the last few decades. It's yeah. unbelievable. Uh, and the greatest comics, Patrice, Chappelle, I mean, other other than Bill Burr right now, I mean, that's the top of the game. Oh, well, you know, you got to throw in Louis C.K. You, you can? Yeah. It's a different kind of comedy, though. 
Yeah. I think like I think Burr and Chappelle and, and you know they translate to everybody. And then you could take Patrice, and that kind of had more of a of a black slant. And you could take Louis, who has more of a white slant. Good comedy, great comedy. Transcends. It, transcends. There, there, you don't see black versus white, even though it it can be like the obviously there are certain black comedians you know to do certain rooms in 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 the in the black communities where it is very urban it is very black and not to say that it's any less funny but again i think the comedy that trans transcends racial barriers and speaks to people on a human level the strongest kind of comedy because some black comics can't do that some black comics are only good at you know doing black shit you know or stuff that's just identifiable to you know ghetto shit black community ghetto and street and you know so that's a unique ability to be able to just transcend color like that yeah well and white comics there's a lot of white comics can only do White room. Yeah, man. I, fuck. I mean, uh, it's almost like soul food, man. You know what I mean? I just, I, black comics just, you know, I think we just, again, we add a, a, a spice to life to just, you know, steps to, steps the game up a little bit. Well, and, and I think there's a, there's a, there's a light, slight countdown where you have so much time to make people laugh. Yeah. And then after that, you're done. You don't. If you don't get to it, you got to get to it. You got to get. Like I, I ride that edge when I'm with you. Like right. where I'm getting right to the point where I can see I'm starting to lose it, and then the punch <laughs> comes and I bring him back in. Right. But there's a lot of times where I'm right. I know that I'm close. Right. I'll right. speed up a joke sometimes because I know that I'm I'm starting to lose right. an audience, and uh, it, it is it's it's different. I watched that thing heckle. Yeah, did you DVD. watch it? Yeah, yeah. What'd you think about it? It was interesting. I think all comedy documentaries are interesting. I love I love watching. I watched one on the plane ride over here. God, what was it called? But it had like, you know, Sarah Silverman, Jamie Foxx, Kevin Hart, some real big names being interviewed. Uh God, I wish I could remember the name of it. But yeah, I, I eat that shit up, man. Um Did you like that part with Nick Schwartzen when he was talking about the first time he ever did a black room? Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because he was he's saying what we always say. Yeah, but it's amazing, man. Like 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 people I, I just loved when they took the critics. And the people who who don't do it, yeah, and put them up there, like like it's just it's it's really easy to criticize when you've never been through it, right? When you don't do it and think you know what you're talking about until you you forced to be up there, you know what I mean? It, it just it's it's just talentless motherfuckers who have no idea trying to judge. But that's what I like about it. he connected. Uh, in Heckler, uh, Jamie right. Kennedy connected critics with being a, a, like a, a, an appropriate heckle because people will pay a critic to write a piece. You know, the only thing I, I, I think was I don't know that I liked the fact that Jamie so much was just, why don't you like me? Why are you saying this about me? Why are you? Because at the end of the day, that's a fight you're going to fight to no end. I don't give a fuck how good you are. You know, there's people that didn't. There's people that. We'll sit here and tell you that Michael Jordan is overrated, was overrated. There's people that'll sit here and tell you Ali wasn't the greatest. So the point being, you just can't please everybody. Now, maybe if he had done it once or twice just to try to prove a point, but there was so much of it in the in the, in the documentary where he just was almost, for lack of better words, crying and pouting he was he about, was whining yeah he was, he was whining. whining about but i talked to him about you know the two kids that coming back there yeah and he they interviewed those kids outside the show and uh, they were asked to come into the green room yeah and speak with uh kennedy and so i asked him about that he said that that was real he saw those kids they brought him in right. there and those kids just beat him up and he couldn't understand it he didn't understand why they were so mean to him right. and he really doesn't he didn't get it he didn't get it right. at all and, and jamie not not saying anything bad about him. I don't have like the the greatest. I don't have any relationship with him really. But right. he we didn't. He always he kind of didn't. I don't think we got each other hundred percent anyway. So right. I don't want to say anything like he deserved it. I'm just saying he doesn't. He felt like if you're out there and you're giving your all, that people shouldn't be treating you that way. But that's not the way it works. Right. That's not the way it works. <clears throat> and also, I, again, this is why I think like this is the difference between. White and black comics, like, again, white comics, you guys are so heavy into self-deprecation where black comics don't do that. 
white comics. I know there are white comics who are equipped to handle it, but in terms of a majority, most white comics don't know how to handle hecklers, nor do they even want to get that into that confrontation. Where a lot of black comics, because we come up in the ghetto and what they used to call the dozens, playing the dozens. Now they don't call it that, but that, that was more my dad's, my parents' generation. But now, you know, motherfuckers, we come up talking shit. We come up, you know, cracking on each other. Motherfucker, look at your shoes, nigga. Nigga, your moms, nigga. We do that. So it's like we, we've been trained to go, oh, this is what this is? Okay, motherfucker, you want to talk shit? Let's go. Yeah, that's that video. What are those? What are those? <laughs> you know, we we you know a lot of a lot of white kids. Uh, you know, y'all don't come up like that. You know, that's that's why y'all motherfuckers go shoot up schools because when the pressure get thick, y'all say fuck everybody. They're not yet. You, you know, know how to deal with it. Black people, we we you know that ain't what, what they call that bullying now. Niggas ain't you know we yeah motherfucker bully. We bully back. We fight back. You know? stood up for yourself. Well, but see, I, I, I am, and you give me shit for it all the time. I am the self-deprecating comic. Yeah. But I'll take on the challenge. If someone wants to heckle me, I'll take that challenge on. I think it all makes you a better comic. You know, I, I, listen, no one likes it. I, I, I certainly don't like it. I don't necess- I don't want it. But shit, if you, if you, if you in the prison yard, and a nigga say, "Give me your, you know, snatch your, try to pinch your booty." You know what I mean? You got to make an example out of this motherfucker in front of everybody. You know what I mean? You you shut him down. Anybody else know? Okay, you can't. You can't. We can't take this nigga's cornbread. You know what I mean? You got to You got You got to shut him down, baby. Yeah. Uh, actually, when we were in uh, Toledo, which was an interesting time for me because uh, I was trying to figure out how to work the rooms a little bit better than I was, and there was some dude who came after me, and I had to shut him down. That was the only time that I really had to shut someone down. Yeah. And it worked out great, but what, what's also nice about it is once you do that, the crowd is with you the rest of the way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, they, listen, they love it. And, 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 and sometimes it's a detriment, because if you kill it too bad, it's hard to go back to your material. Now, I've seen that happen. With, I've seen you get into it yeah, sometimes. Yeah, man, like, that. like sometimes you shut a motherfucker up so bad that... And you going back to a good joke. You going back to a solid piece. But because of that moment, you put the crowd on such a high. Now it's like, oh, we're back to material now. So it takes a second to get them back. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you, you had, uh, was it this week? Well, this week we're in, uh, we're in Virginia Beach. Yeah. You, didn't, you haven't been really heckled hard. You, you've destroyed a couple people, but you didn't get any. Nah, I, you know. You know, the cool thing, and, and I guess it, it, it also works the other way, too, is, like, you can be so famous, like, I'm sure, Chappelle, where motherfuckers are so excited to see you. They start drinking at noon for an 8 o'clock show, and then they become a problem. You know, I, I can only imagine. I'm, I'm obviously not that famous, but I can't. I can only imagine to be Dave and be somewhere in a, in a massive place where you got a group of motherfuckers that are overly excited and drunk and they screaming out, yeah, what? I'm Rick James, bitch. And he wants to do his fucking craft. Yeah. He wants to show his, you know, that he's an artist. Um, so it's a blessing and a curse because, you know, it, it's like also when motherfuckers know you, you, they know you and they know you work and you have, you've achieved a certain level of fame and notoriety, the respect factor can work in your favor where they go, okay, we ain't fucking with this dude because this is so-and-so and we know this motherfucker can bring it. Right. So, you know, you that respect factor can make motherfuckers back off, which is cool, but I, I'm sure it works the other way too. I, I like when people yell out to you to do a do a, uh, an impression. That's that's always my favorite when people start yelling that out to you. I'm, I'm glad they do it at the end of the show, so that way if I decide not to, I've already given them an hour and twenty minutes. Yeah. So they can't complain. Yeah, I, I love when we're uh, when we're doing merch and they come up and go. I thought you were going to do so and so. You got an hour and twenty, an hour yeah, and thirty man, minute I just show. Sold you crack cocaine, motherfucker. <laughs> you shit. Uh, let's see. Uh, what, what else were we talking about last week? We talked about. Well, we I, do we we got to talk about. The man, Hefner. Right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, big shout out to the greatest pimp to ever live. I read somewhere where um, 
his 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 last girlfriend Crystal didn't get anything financially. This nigga was a true pimp. To all the niggas in Detroit, in Chicago, New York, D.C. I'm talking about the real pimps, not niggas that call themselves pimps. I'm talking about fedora wearing, <laughs> loud orange colored suit having, pimp cup smack a bitch with a backhand. Oh, where my money? Real pimps. Y'all all need to bow your canes in silence for the truest pimp ever. This motherfucker died fucking a 20-year-old white bitch and didn't give her no money. That is the pimp for real. He he, he should be a monument. Fucking Hugh Hefton, baby. Lived to be 91 years old. How you think you get to live to be that long? That is being surrounded by a bevy of beautiful, healthy, Caucasian pussy with no stress. He changed the world. He really did change the world. You're goddamn right. One hand job at a time, baby. But uh, but there's a but there was a bunch of people that came out, and I don't know why it's like this now, and I'll, I'll probably hear about it saying this. But everybody, uh, everybody was like, you know, rest in peace, half and half, and and then there's this other group of people. He was a misogynist. Oh, I told you, man, motherfuckers say Jordan ain't the shit. Ali ain't the greatest. You know, you gotta have the haters is what make the fans. Love you more, man. You know, of course they're going to talk some shit. He got chicks paid, made famous, movie roles. Yo. Pam Anderson is not sitting back going, oh, Hef destroyed me. Well, she destroyed herself, but yeah. but she made a lot of money. Yeah. She she got world famous. I, and I, I've been to the Playboy Mansion. I went twice. It, it was some trippy shit. Yeah. You know, to see half broads standing in front of you, ass naked, and you... You know the the normal thing you do is is to you you know your instinct is to not be obvious to look away and you know you looking but you looking away and they call you on it why are you looking away I'm naked nigga look at me <laughs> it's some wild shit man it's 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 uh it's seductive man did like, you did you go in the grotto were you ever in the grotto I did go to the grotto I didn't get in the water but I I had to look it's right there it's some wild shit man I'm telling you that that money that money is a, is a natural aphrodisiac man any bitch that tells you she's not impressed by material hasn't seen real material because i'm a dude it ain't a gay bone in my body and i walked into the mansion and my drawers got loose i said oh this is <laughs> nice look at this this light just shines through this like this oh my god is that marble it's this sexy shit all that greenery back there oh my god i'm telling you that's why that motherfucker lived to be that long man um, he, he, he was he lived a stress free, wonderful. I'm rich. I could do whatever I want. I got bad white bitches around me. Life. Yeah. All that positive energy. That's what made him live. Oh, goodness. Goodness. It should have a Viagra flag at half mass flown at <laughs> half mass and honor this motherfucker. He was an icon. That's see that that's the thing. If I if I became I'm not going to become famous tomorrow. But if I ever become famous, I missed out on that. I never got to go. You know, you ain't missed out. Listen, that's it, fame and money means you. Have you are, you are are we are we learning, Andy? This motherfucker was 91 and had bad butt naked bitches with him. So if don't, I don't give a fuck what age you are. If you got enough money, man, you could do all that shit. Ronnie Dangerfield kept it together pretty look pretty good for pretty I long tell time. You, I tell you what, <laughs> I got no respect. I tell you. <laughs> oh my god, dude! Uh, that dude was partying and hanging out with women all the listen, time. Man, the world is coming to an end, brother. First they discontinued cassette tapes. Now half's gone. It's over. It's over, baby. Much love. Have rest in peace, pimp. We, oh, speaking of speaking of him, then speaking of pimps, and uh, did you didn't catch the last episode of uh, Deuce? I'm ahead no, of you now. No, no, no. Was it three now? Yeah, I'm ahead of you. Yeah, now. no. I think uh, when I go home tomorrow, I'm gonna catch up. I I, I kind of watched half of two and then fell asleep. Uh, but yeah, I'm gonna get back on it. It's it's such a good show, but it is. They're doing so. They're setting everything up right now. But so it just feel it's still kind of slow. It's still it's slow, but now you now you see the direction things are moving. Now you know what's right, going to happen. Right, right. You, you know where they're going. Right. But it is. Uh, it's I, I just the writing stays this way, but now the, yeah. and then they start doing plot instead of just yeah. setting up the characters. It's going to be amazing. Again, man, this is why I this is why I put the Sopranos to such high esteem because Sopranos jumped out at you immediately. 
There was no, oh, it's kind of slow. Soprano slapped you in the mouth immediately and kept slapping you in the mouth but then when they until had the, it ended. Until they had, but sometimes during the new seasons, there would be a little bit of setup so you could get the going. The only thing I didn't like about The Sopranos was the, um, the dream sequences. Anytime they did the dream sequences, they lost me because it just was like a real fucking dream. It was all over the place yeah. and none of it made sense. Yeah. But uh, they only did a few of those. But other than that, man, that, that show was uh, it's flawless, 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 flawless. Yeah, when this this deuce. It's who, who, we were talking to someone last night, and they said uh, what they miss is they're not seeing New York in the gritty time, and that's what this this movie, this uh, series represents. Yeah, it's New York during that. that and gritty, they're saying gritty. they're not seeing it. Well, they said no. They they said that's what they missed that they didn't see in their lifetime. But now this movie oh, is kind of bringing right, it right, bringing right, it to right, them because right, right, right. this this is New York. This is when Hell's Kitchen was Hell's Kitchen. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and this was when motherfuckers got stabbed and. Shot in Times Square. Yeah. You know, now you go to Times Square, it's Disneyland. Yeah, it is all Disney. It's bought by Disney, owned by yeah. Disney. There's chairs. You can have lunch yeah, outside yeah. on the street. Yeah. Uh, but no, it's funny, too, because you said stabbed. No one gets stabbed anymore. That that was normal. That was normal <laughs> stuff back then. It, you, right. No one. Bullet was loud. It made noise. Right. Right. You got right. stabbed, and yeah, uh, man. that's that's not that's not today. You're not going to get stabbed. Well, you could get stabbed <laughs> in Times Square, but that's not that's not how it's happening right now. So, but this this I really like this show. So I hope it. Uh, I, I think this next episode four. You got right. you got to catch three, but I think four is going to get into. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch. Uh, I'm a, I'm gonna be up to speed. Uh, come tomorrow. We should have a Colin Kaepernick moment this week. Anything on? Uh, uh, did anybody figure anything out? You know, the, I, I'm, I'm worried that that. I mean, I get it, you know, but I'm worried that that a little bit of the focus has been lost, and it became more about the flag than what Colin Kaepernick had meant for it to be about, which was police brutality. Yeah, I think that's completely missing. Yeah, and 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 if and it felt like, uh, it, listen, at the end of the day, you hope that everybody's doing it for the right reason. You know, it was good to see the owners and the players together. Oh yeah, that's what we're talking about. Where you didn't think it could happen. Yeah, I, you know, I, I just hope it. You know, it continues to happen. But again, I just hope that people are not losing focus on the on the real thing behind it. And I and I and I, and I kind of just wish you know that people would understand that look, Kaepernick started this, and it's fucked up that the man doesn't have a job. And I just I just wish to some extent the players were somehow could force management's hand and go look, we ain't playing unless you give Cap a job. But that's a whole nother other kind of beast. I think it would have been easier if they had given him a job. Before it got this crazy, because now it's going to be completely well. Of course, media but, it, but 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 part, it really got this crazy because Trump said, "Get those son of a bitches," which you know what I mean. Which I cannot believe the president of this country would. And, and we're all people, so we all use whatever words we use. But yeah. to do it in a public forum and to say it that way, dude, I saw on Twitter today this motherfucker is beefing with Michael Rapaport. He sent out a tweet said, fuck you. The <laughs> well, president says, fuck you in a tweet. This motherfucker has the nuclear codes. Yeah, but I, but if Rappaport came after you, I could, uh, you know, you, you, Rappaport has come after him hard. I'm not, I'm not defending Trump. You? I'm just, I'm just saying Rappaport's done a very good job at coming after Trump. Yo, you the president and you let <laughs> the motherfucker who was, uh, a talent scout in the new edition movie get under your feathers <laughs> oh my god man uh, dude i hate, i think i hate trump supporters more than i hate trump because the, the fact that these people are this fucking dumb like we got dumb motherfuckers in this country like for real dumb well did you hear how excited they were because the penguins are going to come to the white house the hockey team. Yeah. You know, not only are they all white, and that was the first class I saw people, they're all white. They're not even from this country. Do you know how many Penguins players are actually from the United States? <laughs> I didn't look it up, but I bet it's like four. They're all from Canada or Europe. They're not American. So it's funny that you have to go outside of America to get people Trump to come to the White is House. the side bitch of presidents. <laughs> How did we let this side bitch get in the house? Because that's how much you had to hate the regular bitch. Oh, 
God. You mean the main bitch. Yeah, the, the, the other one that was running. I... Listen, I did not support Trump, but I hated Hillary too. Dude, and now I hate her even more because she caused this situation. That. She you caused this situation. Ugh. Why couldn't she be a little bit more likable? How about just a tenth more likable? <coughs> but what was so unlikable? Man, you know what? If you uh, if someone could have figured that out, they would have told her and they would have fixed it. She just <laughs> I, I don't see where she was so unlikable. I, for me, the, the the hardest thing was anybody having to follow Obama. Was going to be doomed. Yeah, because on the Democrat side. Yeah, because Obama, and maybe y'all can call me whatever Obama Dick Rider, whatever. I love the fuck out of Obama. I will go back and watch some of his speeches because it gives me chills. The the charisma, uh, the the intelligence, the 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 poise, the demeanor. This motherfucker was just cool. And again. When you look at what he accomplished, he did a good fucking job. Was he perfect? No president is. No motherfucker could clean up a mess that big in eight years, in two terms. But he did a hell of a job. And you know what? Trump is doing everything he can. He has been trying to do everything he can to destroy Obama's legacy. But here's the beauty. Trump's own presidency has kept Obama's legacy intact. Well, yeah. The job that he is doing is keeping his legacy intact. Well, it, it Black was, don't crack, baby. It, okay, and I agree exactly with what Obama you said. Obama was a bad motherfucker. No matter who was going to come to the White House, Democrat or Republican, the way that he left the White House, the way that he walked out of the White House. Class, charisma, dignity, grace. Come on, man. There was no one on either side who was going to bring that kind of look, that kind of respect to the White House. Listen, if he and trust me, if he had done a poor job, there's no way he would have been able to leave that White House without all of us hearing. You see, black guy couldn't do it. You put a black man in office. He fucked the country up. He was black guy ain't equipped to. But he but he but he did do the job and he and he did it with dignity and he did it in a way that uh, hasn't been done in, in such a successful way. Since Clinton, to an extent. Well, his second term, he didn't get a lot done because the whole co- the Congress turned on him. It was a and Republican. Why was that? Con- it was why a Republican you- Congress. That's it. Just Republican. You think that that was that was the only reason? Because it, it just was Republican. No, we can we can make it. We can make that he was black. We, we it about it. making it. It is. Yeah, but I mean, all I'm saying is he didn't get to accomplish what he Listen, could have. They opposed. They opposed him on everything they could. Yeah, every every fucking chance they got to say no to him, they did it. And that wasn't about, oh, we just disagree with his position. No, they disagreed with his position in terms of, motherfucker, you the wrong shade. But he didn't turn on the Congress the way that this dude, who's only been in less than a year, has made, has made every bad example. I think it's insane that women voted against their own interests. Like you, you, you dumb bitches. I, I don't give a fuck. And I, and I said this before. This was a chance for black people to anoint the first black president. And it ain't like, let's be realistic. It ain't like we're going to get this chance often. We might not see another nigga run for president and have a legit chance at winning in 18 fucking lifetimes. So to be able to capture that moment and go, yo, we can make history. We can put something in the books so that further generations down the line could say, yo, we did that. Once upon a time ago, women like black people weren't allowed to vote. Women always were thought of as beneath the men. There's a chance to make history and look your, and be able to look your daughters in the face and go, we did that. And y'all voted against your own interests for what? See, I don't think that they just voted against their own interest. I think that they just didn't show up because she didn't she didn't move people. Fuck whether or not you move me. Let's write the history. Let's get the first motherfucker in. Then after that, okay, next motherfucker, you gotta be right for the job. I get what, Fuck that. Make I get the what point. you're saying. I get what you're saying. But how horrible this was the only person that could have lost to her. It could have lost to uh, Donald Trump because she couldn't even, like you said, she couldn't motivate her base. She couldn't get women just to come out 
just for a few hours to vote for because of whatever whatever it was that was wrong with her. Listen, a hacked election and stupidity got Trump the job. But still no one came out and voted. All that they all that had happened was for the for the women to come out. There was a lowest percentage of women who came out and voted. Okay. I, you could you could take all the Russia things that you want. Let's say that they did everything that they they wanted to do. So they brought up enough of the Midwest to come out and vote and support Trump. All the women who did not support Hillary, you deserve to have your pussies grabbed. <laughs> you deserve to have your pussies grabbed. They, she couldn't motivate him just to leave the house for a few minutes. The, 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 what more motivation than you need that, that you need? Other than history. Then she had to be negative motivation. She motivated them to stay home. Nah, come on. I, I'm, come I'm, on. Then why isn't she president? Because bitches are stupid. Bitches are stupid. I just think she was the wrong person, wrong uh, time. That, that's terrible. That's terrible. When's the next time you think women are going to get this opportunity? I don't know. You, you, they set themselves back. Yeah. They set themselves back. It's insane. It's insane. Trump is such a piece of vile doo-doo. He's just vile. For every for everything that she, if Hillary was elected, that would have driven me completely crazy, it wouldn't have been half of what this dude's doing to drive me completely crazy. And, and it just, and it, it upsets me, the hypocrisy. Like he, you know, he, you look at some of his older tweets and it's just, he's attacking Obama for not showing up during he, what he said was too long for him to show up for Sandy or Louisiana. He's saying Obama golfs too much. Everything that he's pointing Weighed in red, on the red, Redskins. Right. Everything that he fucked with Obama about, he's doing the exact. And, and again, his accusations were inaccurate, but. He's doing the exact same thing. Well, I think he's, this, he's doing it. Well, I think this kind of shows a little bit that although as a country, yeah, you want someone from the outside to come in and run it like a business or whatever right. they were thinking. But this shows how much you don't want someone who doesn't know what they're doing to come in and run it like a business. His supporters love in- incest. He's the he's the molesting uncle. They love it. It, they love to be diddled. By I them. don't think that they love. I, I think they're just afraid to admit that they were wrong at this point. Afraid. They, no, to admit that you were wrong would be would show sense and intellect. They're stupid. They're absolutely fucking stupid. I, I don't know how much longer this is going to go this way. I don't I, I still don't think he's done anything impeachable as of yet that has been proven. Oh. But this is just painful. Oh, and this is easy. I feel bad even having this conversation right now because this is easy. It's easy to say that he's terrible. It's oh. so easy to say he's terrible. Why, when his mother was born, couldn't she have <laughs> stomach cramps and <laughs> flush him down the toilet? Because uh, then you wouldn't have had him be the, uh, what was he in the CFL? Was that was that the team he owned? He owned a team? Yeah, he owned a team. He owned, I think he owned, was it? Look, Washington. Even, I, I, I don't even know. I don't even yeah, know he owned that. one of the teams. That was how unsuccessful that was. Well, too. well, you know what they're trying to say. This is the funny part, though. This is the other. They're trying to say that the reason he's attacking uh, the football NFL is because he was he had a team in the USFL. Yeah, anything that that doesn't work for him, everything else that's successful around him is bad. It just, it's just, it's, oh god, I, this man is. Oh. Uh, I can't. I can't All right, we have to be done with this dude. Uh, I don't want to talk about him anymore. Uh, random thought or random question, or both random thought and question. How come middle-aged white men and Africans like wearing dress shoes with no socks? I don't know. Some shoes are comfortable with no socks. Fuck that. Your both feet, shoes are comfortable with no socks. That's terrible. The heat and the sweat. Your feet smell like past-the-date deli meat. I always wear socks, so I don't know. Yeah, but I put, put socks but on, I see man. shoes. Uh, yeah, you should wear shoes. I mean, socks. It's it, it does. It's black black men do that. Some do. Most of most the black men that do that really crave to be white men. Yeah. <laughs> I like when you. I like your theories when you when you always when you when you do that. You have you have a few theories that it's black dudes who want to be white you, dudes. There's certain dress code niggas. Real niggas don't wear. Niggas don't wear. Khaki shorts with 
tucked in polo shirts. So white and choker necklaces. So white dudes that wear jerseys and Jordans, they want to be black dudes? Some of them. Some of them, yeah. Especially the ones that have on platinum chains and uh, cornrows. It's exactly who they want to be. I haven't seen white dudes. White dudes in cornrows? Oh, it's the most terrible thing ever. It, it just it feels wrong. My, my favorite my favorite black moment in my history is uh, is when I went to uh, the public pool in Tucson and I saw nothing but uh, it was uh, it was by the Air Force Base and there was rows of black men in the lounge chairs and their women were all giving them cornrows and I thought these were the kings of the area because <laughs> I was like this is the coolest thing because I, I never white. You didn't see white chicks just taking care of men the way that they were taking care of the men. Yeah. And I thought that that was the coolest moment. So I have this cornrows to me is like, is the, the style is like Kings. Like that's the, that's right. the kingdom right there. Yeah. yeah. It, well, it goes back to history when, you know, we you know, historically black men have always been Kings and our Queens took care of us. That, that, that was, that's what I saw. Yeah, man. Yeah. That the, the black hole, uh, there's there's parts about the black culture when I grew up that I was like, okay, that makes perfect sense to me. Yeah, it's funny we were, we're sitting in the hotel room and uh, I have the TV on that channel where they just show all the preview extra, extra, and they're showing all the previews of the movies you can rent in the hotel, and uh, they just showed Spider Man with Tom Holland, and I didn't even know that dude was British. Yeah, and I'm like, damn, how many? See how many of our American superheroes? are played by dudes that aren't American fucking, what is it? Hugh Jackman's Australian. Harry, Henry Cavill, Superman. Superman. He, he's British. British. Tom Holland's British. And I mean, at the end of the day, not that it really matters, but Jesus, it's just weird to, to, to you know, because you hear it. And they, and they got the American accent down to a T. And, and you don't, you, you, you hear it. And you like, wow, that's some strange shit to, you know, it's a great, I want to play in sport of mine. And I want everybody to come up and say this film. It's really, really good. It's just to hear that fucking, that, like, <laughs> that's fucking Spider-Man. Well, but you, you heard, I forgot, I forgot which superhero. They wanted to make him in black. Who? I forgot, I forgot which superhero was. Well, in the comics, Spider-Man, at one point, I think, is black. It's, but a separate dude. He's obviously not Peter Parker. Forget what his name is. I'm not as much a superhero comic book geek as the dudes that, you know, dress up and go to that shit. Some loser shit to me, <laughs> but <laughs> I, I mean thought, I like the superhero movies, but them dudes, man, motherfuckers. But I thought it was completely funny that they said no because the whatever superhero was, I don't remember who it was. They said no, he's white, and I was like, this is a fictional character in a in a in a cartoon character drawn magazine, mm. and no one could get past the point that he was thought of by a white dude when they drew him as a white dude. And it couldn't right. make him a black dude. That that would be that would break the Marvel universe. The whole universe would collapse on such an idea. You know, I, I think I, I might have asked at one point on Twitter how would people feel if certain comic book characters were uh, black that were really white, and most people said they didn't care. But I don't know if that's the truth. You know, like I, I don't know if that's the truth. No, I think I, I think some people just you know. And listen, I'm I'm not I'm not one for saying that. Everything should be diverse like that. If I grew up with certain things a certain way, you know, I don't want you fucking with Batman like that. Let Batman white, man. I don't want Batman to be a brother. You know what I mean, I'm used to Batman being white. You know, that was my childhood, man. Leave that shit alone. Well, what they could they could have uh, Russell Simmons form his own character, and he lives across the street from Batman, and they team up together. Okay, I might go for that. <laughs> You know what I mean? But just leave black men. I want to make, yeah, you know, I had to make it a billionaire that was living across right. the street from, you know, the right. other billionaire. But Tony Stark, uh, Iron Man, in the 80s, right. he had a, a drug and alcohol problem. And, uh, and he bounced back wonderfully. He didn't bounced he? back wonderfully. And, uh, see what that white do for you? Yeah, but he, the, the black, who's, who's the, the black dude? Um, his friend took over the Iron Man spot for like, uh, a year or, I think a whole year in the 80s. Mm. So, uh, Iron Man was actually, was black in the comic books? Uh huh. Because he uh, he was he was getting uh, he was in rehab. Tony Stark was in rehab. Eighties were a good time for comic books. Eighties tried to mix real life in with comic. That's well, what you, I was you, you, I was the, into the, I was into it back then. Entertainment wasn't oversaturated like it is now. You know, with a thousand channels and social media and yeah. Facebook and 
So, you know, you didn't have as many options. Now with all these goddamn options, you know, certain things are getting lost in the shuffle. That's true. Where are you going to be next week? Uh, Arlington, Texas. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not with you for a couple of weeks. And my my son has uh, uh, two weeks off. I'm going to be mm-hmm. spending time with him. I'm going to take him out. We're probably going to go do some adventure. Maybe I'll show up at your house in California. Now Arlington. Uh, do you want to be on these dates? No, no Arlington. No, no. I, I couldn't get that. I, the deal for the feature was uh, was would have cost me money. Oh, okay. So I skipped. Right. I skipped Arlington. I don't know where you are the week after that. I think it's. Uh, Arlington, and then I'm got the one nighter in Atlantic City. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I think it's Nyack, New York. Yeah, I'm back with you. I'll be with you. Uh, and yeah. then I got uh, Greensboro. Yeah, North Carolina. And then yeah, and yeah, and yeah. Uh, one other one in South Carolina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you on? The, are yeah. you on the Carolina dates? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm back then. Arlington's cool. Yeah, I get them confused because I do two spots. In Texas, I do uh, Irvine, Irv, Irving, Irvine, or something uh, in Arlington. One of the spots is is like a you know black spot, and the other one's real crossover. The blacker the black spot is not as much fun as the diverse crowd. Now that one's Arlington. Arlington is the diverse one, right? The one you do. I get week. it confused. I, I think, think Arlington's it's the black joint. Okay, so if you're going to be in Arlington next week. Get some tickets to come see Aries. Yeah, man, definitely. And then, uh, like you said, I don't, I don't. I hook back up with you in West Nyack, uh, which is north of New York. Well, it's New York, but it's way outside of the Manhattan. But come check out those shows. Those I, I was there with uh, Adam Ferreira about six months ago. I, li- I like the room. It's a really nice room. It's it's interesting though because it's way out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, but it's, uh, it's a little stiff. I think room, it's a little stiff. The room's nice though. It's, yeah, well, fuck it. I don't have to have. A, a beautiful room I, and a stiff crowd. I no, rather, you're right. I'd rather a great crowd and you know a DC crowd. A little bit, yeah, in that little man. room. That's like when you go. Like that's what I hate when I go to strip clubs and they think that you know the bouncers are like yo take your hat off. Nigga, these bitches is naked while I'm undressing. <laughs> you know I mean, like you think we get like do you think we come here for the decor? They think the nicer the club. The more rules, like motherfucker, we coming to see titties and ass. Give a fuck about the strobe lights and the fucking the stage and you know the fucking ambiance, motherfucker. We coming to see naked bitches. Yeah, well, yeah, you're right because the jokes jokes are the same in any, either the room. Yeah, you know what I mean. I mean, look, if the room is nice, great. But fuck that. Give me a crowd that's great well, and a room that's a little less nice as opposed to the opposite. Yeah, I would love the crowd here in Virginia Beach, though. Yeah, it's good. Last night's show. Uh, was really fucking good. That first show, that crowd was biting, baby. Dude, I love that. That was one of my favorite shows that I've had yeah, in, in a while. Yeah, yeah. And they they got it all. They got all of it. Yeah. So for me, it was great. I, you had a great you, Dude, you always have a good set, though. I'm not trying to kiss your ass there. You do. You do for anybody who hasn't seen you, you got to see you live, man. You fucking kill a room. I have more fun when I'm improvising, you know, because I'm, I'm trying to come up with some new gems material wise but you know you got the set you got your playbook and you got the plays that you know work and you can depend on but i like them audibles man that off the cuff shit when that works you know because sometimes you get bored when you're doing the same Same shit shit. and you forget you don't feel like a comic because you're just going through the motions and then when you get those spontaneous moments and they really work, you go, oh, shit, I'm a comic, nigga. I'm a comedian. Like, I'm really a fucking comedian. So, yeah, I love those spontaneous moments. Those are fun. I just love when you work some new material and, like, the audience won't notice it, but I just tell the slight difference in your cadence. And I love Mm. it because I can see you working. And I don't know, there's something about why, like, I just told you this before, you have a cadence that to me is pretty... Like I get how you. Oh, I think all I think all great comedy has some rhythm. Yeah. To it is a K of rhythm. Yeah, like like Chappelle, like you can't miss Chappelle's. Like there's a. Oh yeah. That, yeah yeah yeah. And break. Yep. Daddy. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I, I I I've said this before. He's like jazz music, man. It's like listening to Miles Davis. He's just cool, man, and he just he flows, and it's just it's wonderful. It's, I ask, and, and you know what? That's, again, stage presence. 
Yeah. Dave has stage presence like a motherfucker. There's some dudes who you look at, you just you're looking at them and okay. And then there are dudes who just you 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 you're locked onto them. Like, yo, like like you know what I mean? It just he has that thing that makes you just it's in him. It's he's yeah. a comic. Dave For can, real. Dave can sit in the silence and like no one else can and just let it be. Yeah. And let that moment yeah. exist. And for most part, I know me, and I know I'm still a very baby as a comic. Yeah. You, you get nervous when you get those silent moments, and, and, and that's where his comedy lives. He lives for that moment. You know, it's funny, like when you were on stage last night, uh, and any time a comic's on stage, sometimes I just like to sit back and look at the crowd and look at their faces. And I'm telling you, like they say public speaking is one of the biggest fears of people. I could see where it's like, yo, that's some intimidating shit to stand on stage in front of a bunch of strangers and they all are focused on you with that gaze waiting for you to make me laugh. And the funny thing is, again, for a guy like me and guys that are bigger than me, when they already know who you are and they're already invested in you in terms of liking you, there's a certain comfort in that. But even still, as you're going from one bit to the next and you're looking at them just as quickly as they laugh and love you while you setting up that next bit, that face goes back to almost prove it now. Yeah, you're 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 granted a limited amount of time to prove yourself again to them. Right. You don't you you don't. It's not like, oh, well, he wasn't funny this time, but he's always funny. Right. No, you 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 have to bring it every time. Yeah, man. I, I just sit back and I just. And, and listen, when when you're on stage, like when you were on stage last night, and you're killing, you know, I'm I'm look I'm in the back of the room and I'm hearing it and I'm seeing it. Like you just did a bit, got a good strong laugh, rah, rah. and then I focus on certain people's faces and I'm like, I want to say to them, this motherfucker just made you laugh thirty seconds ago. Why do you look like that? Yeah, but you know that's that's par for the course, man. But but last night was a great night. Uh, in a lot of what you're saying, because the first show, I hit him with a joke. It's one of my harder jokes, and the crowd got it, and it was loud. It was funny, and it made me feel. It, it made me feel good. Like I yeah. felt like, oh, they got it. They understood what I was saying. They were with me the whole time. Second show, mm. same joke. Right. wasn't It wasn't there. The last. Yeah, that's the there. mystery of the comedy. That's why. That's why we both agreed that the second show. It was cool. It was a good show. I wasn't. Was I'm cool, not knocking him. But it was a disappointment, and we knew it was going to be a disappointment because the first show was so good. It's like very rarely do you get two audiences in a row that are on the same level of, you know, fun. Yeah. Well, it was definitely there was a difference in the crowd, but uh, it was more about age, I think. Yeah, I just saw that movie, Baby Driver. It's good. It is really good. Yeah. When did you see it? Uh, I watched it on the plane ride over. Yeah, that that was really uh, the, the idea of the story and his tendonitis and his yeah it's really genius actually because yeah, yeah, it's so yeah. simple yeah but it was it was a, it was a, it was an entertaining fucking movie Jimmy Fox did a great job in that movie yeah he he's did. a great actor man he really is man he really is I, I mean he, I'm curious to see this Tyson thing you know what I mean because because I could see him with the Tyson look and I was I'm you know you always worry about guys that can do impressions it's one thing to do an impression of somebody on stage because it's only a couple of minutes when you have to sustain a movie there's a fine line between doing an impression and becoming a caricature right you know what i'm saying like you don't want to cartoon you got you got to obviously play it as accurately as you can voice wise but sometimes on stage even with impressions we cartoon it up a little bit because it's a two-minute bit, so you can get away with that. Because there are levels to a movie in terms of the drama, you got to be careful. You can't, you can't cartoon it up. You still got to do the voice, but you got to be able to do the voice within those real moments. Yeah, and you got to keep them as a real person. As a real person. And I think Jamie could do it. I'm just curious. Because if he can do to Tyson what he did to Ray, that motherfucker got it. Yeah, but you know what? You know, uh, on that same line, when we were talking about uh, this Richard Pryor movie that they've been trying to make, right? And we've been talking about: is there an actor that could play Pryor? I do not. I, I think if if there is, he's an unknown. And I think the I think Richard I think playing Richard Pryor in a movie would be next. I would be 
next to impossible. Of course, it's doable, but the, the challenge is, as comics, here's the challenge. You got to find somebody who looks like Richard, who sounds like Richard, and who knows comedy. Now, other than Mike Epps, from a look standpoint, and a small, in my opinion, percentage, stand-up-wise, I think is a good fit. The attitude. The attitude. I think to play Richard, you almost have to find someone that's not a comic. Only problem is, if you're not a comic... How do you really tap into Richard? Dude, I don't. And you know what? It's a catch-22. I, I didn't agree with you on this. And then I saw that movie, The Comedian, with, uh, God, what's his name? De Niro? De Niro. And I saw that movie, and De Niro's a fantastic actor. But he wasn't playing a real comedian. But he wasn't playing. It wasn't good either because he isn't a real comedian. There's right. This, this, there's, just this, there's just this thing that you can't do if you're not a comedian. Exactly. That, that's why I'm saying playing Richard would be so difficult because, again, even if you found an actor who you go, this motherfucker looks like Richard. Hell, he even sounds like Richard. Okay, you got two of the major three things you need on lock. You still need some comedic skill. You still need the timing, instinct. And the heart. There's a heart to Yeah, there's a soul to a comedian. Comedian. And, and, And to find someone that can capture all three... Who? It's it, it, I, nobody I know in the comedy game that's famous and black, other than to me Mike Epps. No, I know at one point I think Eddie Griffin they were doing a Showtime version of or like it was going to be a Showtime movie about Richard, and I think uh, Eddie Griffin was going to play Richard. Now in terms of the attitude and some of the swagger, I could see Eddie Griffin doing that. But the look is completely off that it would be a distraction to me. You know, I I just that's a that's like casting somebody to play Michael Jordan in a movie. Who are you going to get this six, six, good looking, has that proper bald head. But more importantly, you got to have some basketball skills. You can't just hire a guy who even if he had the look, the height and Mike Jordan was a good looking dude, suave, sexy cat. You got to have a dude that captures all that. But if he can't play ball, how, how do you how do you well, how, how do you duplicate the grace that Michael Jordan showed the, the athletic skill? But that you could do not not that you could do it all and not that you can make it believable, but you could do a lot of that with CGI. You could do that. You can't make a comic. You can't CGI a comic. That's that's my that's really the difficulty that I see. But even if you CGI'd it. To me, that takes something out of. Uh, okay. Yeah. It would. The authenticity of the movie. That's like what you're going to do. Get this dude an award for his portrayal when one of the most important aspects of the movie is based on basketball ability. Dude, that ain't you. That's CGI. Yeah. All the, all the good basketball movies are real basketball You know what players. I'm saying? Yeah. It's doing the moves. Yeah. So I, I just, Richard Pryor, would, man, that would be a tough one, man. I don't know who could. I, I said Tony Rock and you laughed in my face. No. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I, I like Tony Rock a lot. I'm going to tell you, I, I, I think a young Steve Harvey looks like Richard. Yeah, but young, not anymore. Young, not anymore, but young, real young, like starting out young. Yeah. He had, he had that, he has that thick ass, heavy mustache he got, I think. Encompasses Richard. I, I, it's gonna. What? No matter what, whoever gets this part, I hope it's not a comic I, it, because I think it's gonna ruin their career. If it's a comic because they're never no, gonna really. They can't hold up to Richard. They can't hold up to that. Everybody's gonna say that was the worst movie ever. As challenging as it may be, I think whoever gets that role has to have some comedic chops. And I think if the movie is done right, it could change their life forever. Because you're playing an icon. You know what I mean? And and that's why I say, look, you know, again, Muhammad Ali, icon. I think Will Smith had to look down to a T. When they announced, matter of fact, before they announced Will, I thought if they ever made a movie about Ali, Will Smith, he's got the height, he's got the right skin tone. You know, Ali wasn't my color. Ali wasn't red bone. He wasn't light skin. He was a nice caramel brown 
You know what I mean? Like he he, he was he and and Will Smith's texture is Ali's texture. The height, just do something with the mirrors, pin the mirrors back, which they did. <laughs> I didn't think they He's, were going to get him big enough. I didn't think, but they did. They did, and he and like Ali. Will is charismatic. He's good looking. But what killed it for me was it felt like an impression. There were moments where I I thought, okay, that's Ali. But then there were moments when Will would deliver certain lines. You my poser. You my poser. You, uh, I forget what other things he said, but it was like, you know, Ali, the older Ali, when, when Ali was long done with boxing, I remember I saw him in an interview. I'm the greatest. I fought Joe Frazier. I fought the son of Listen. Fought everybody. Still pretty. Never been knocked down. Never been, never been, been knocked down, but never been knocked out. I'm still pretty. I'm the greatest. You know, Will just did one moments where I just went, he took me out of it. I, I didn't like it when he was younger and he was repeating famous lines because then I felt it was an impression. Like when he right, was, it yeah, felt like an impression. Yeah, when he was when he came out of the ring and he was doing I'm the I'm the Yeah. That felt right. like an impression. Like Ali's cadence when he spoke, the young Hey man, like the way he mm-hmm. hey, man he would drag certain words out. You know, I'm the greatest. I fought him, man. And I saw where Will was trying to get that, but again, certain things he would say, I just went, it's Will Smith. It don't feel like Ali. Visually, yes, but when I hear him talk, it's Will Smith. But you know who was good in that, though? Jamie Foxx. Fucking amazing. And if you knew anything about Boondini Brown, if you saw any footage on Boondini, that motherfucker had it. Jamie killed Boondini Brown. That was my favorite line in the movie, and to this day, I will be by myself somewhere and repeat it. Man, the, the, the champ know I got problems. The cocaine and them white women. Now, I can deal with that cocaine, but them white women, how you deal with it, boy? And he says that to the reporter. <laughs> champ know I got a, a thing for cocaine and white women. Now, I can deal with that cocaine. Then he turns to the white reporter, but them white women, how you deal with it, boy? Man, what a great fucking line. And the way he delivered it, oh, Jamie killed it. And and back to Jamie, again, you didn't watch Ray and go, it's Jamie Foxx. No. You went, that's Ray. That motherfucker, the waddle when he walked, the, when he would fold his arms and grab both elbows, and the 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 voice, the voice, that scene where he's with Kerry Washington, and he's making his way back after he drops her off at the crib and he's making his way back to the hotel. And she goes, how do you know where you're going? And he tells her as he's walking blind, I know, blah, 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 go three steps, make a left. Hello. <laughs> the, I mean, it was like, yo, he had that. And it was so, Ray was such a well-written movie. Everybody's performance was on point, Regina King murdered that. And then to hear all those classic race songs, dude, that movie was perfection. That's why I'm saying if if he can get the Tyson movie on that level between Boudini Brown, Ray, and Tyson, Jamie's Jamie's the shit. I have a feeling our our podcast is gonna move towards talking about a lot of movies. Well, you, you you know you listen. When you're passionate about something, yeah, you can go all day long. And movies is something we're in. The, we're in this business. It's a passion, man. It's a fucking passion. Yeah, and you know what? And what's nice is when you when you see somebody uh, that does just an unbelievable job, you have to give them the props. Man, you got that. to. And, and that's anybody that will sit here and go, "Yo, Ray wasn't a good movie." Man, drown yourself in a toilet. <laughs> Put your head in there and just keep it there till your body gives out. Like, that movie was fucking amazing. Again, Denzel and Malcolm X. Yeah. No point did I watch that movie and go, it's Denzel. That motherfucker was X. Oh. That, that was that. So, so did Spike Lee make that movie or did Denzel make that movie? Both. You give them both credit both. on that one. Okay. Both, uh, yeah. For the white, for the rape, for the rapist who asked to rape, 
I've, well, God, I've, what the fuck? I got to catch up on these movies again. But the way he just broke certain shit down, you know. It was, it was great. And you know what? I, I think it's Spike Lee's best movie, to be honest. That's why I... No, I, I don't know if it's his best movie. Do the Right Thing is his best movie. No, the reason... I liked it. It was... And I like Jungle Fever right up there, too. But those are Spike Lee movies. The reason I liked the X is uh-huh. because it, was, it wasn't his genre to make that movie. But he... It wasn't in his... It didn't have that same vibe as the other movies that he did. Right. X had this... Like, if you, if you didn't know that he made the movie, you would look up and go, who made this movie? And you'd go, until oh... You, until you see the scene where... Denzel is standing still, but you yeah, look like they, he's being pulled, pulled by some trolley. Yeah, yeah that's, Then you'd go, yeah, that's Spike Lee. Spike Lee. <laughs> but that, that had such a different feel for him. That's why I say because it, it took him out of what he was famous for and put him right. in a different kind of genre. Right. And that's the reason I think it's his best movie. Yeah. Uh, the other movies that he did, I liked all those movies. Right. She's Gotta Have It, that first movie. Yeah, she Gotta Have It was kind of... But that's the, that's the impetus for all those other movies. You could see that right. style growing out of but that. But see, and then you go, again, with a guy like Spike Lee, it's almost like, what happened? He doesn't, he doesn't crank them out like he used to. So you wonder, you know, on some inside Hollywood shit, what's going on? I don't think anybody knows what's going on inside Hollywood. There's probably like somebody four, do some four four people running that whole shit, and we don't know about <laughs> it. Trust me, the ones, that, them A-list motherfuckers, they know what's up. They know what's up. Well, maybe it's Scientology's running it because uh, because Tom Cruise ain't having a po- problem getting a job. And I heard his new movie is great. It looks great. The one, and I don't know why the the Mummy didn't hit. I, the Mummy was great, man. I didn't see it, but you know uh, that new movie that you're, you're talking about, the one where he's uh, the pilot. Pi- There's a scene in there that I read about that they cut out where uh, Bill Clinton's getting a a lap dance from a stripper, and they have that in the movie, but they cut it out. Really? Yeah, I want to find out. I didn't. I, I should have done more oh, research well. before I brought it up. But there's, and they obviously had somebody playing Bill Clinton, right? I, I, I would think so. That would have been gangster if they really had Bill Clinton in the movie getting a lap dance. That would that would have been the best because then we would have known <laughs> that that really is Bill Clinton. Well, we already know that's Bill Clinton. But he by doesn't the get to Bill, be Bill Clinton. I want to see Bill Clinton being Bill Clinton. <laughs> Bill Clinton was Bill Clinton when he left that cum shot on her dress. <laughs> You're going to take care of that, right? Okay, see ya. <laughs> exactly. No, but uh, I, I think that movie's going to be interesting. But it is funny, the people who continue to work in Hollywood. I'm not knocking Hollywood or uh, shitting on Hollywood because I would like a job still in Hollywood. <laughs> but uh, I, I do find it interesting that there are certain people that are always working, no matter what is going on in the press about them. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, when you generate that kind of money for the studio, anything short of killing a motherfucker or molesting children is forgivable i think killing people it can be all right molesting children uh, i can get away with well roman polanski got away with it a little bit <laughs> yeah but he ain't here though no you know what i mean so there it is i think that's the i think we leave it there yeah and uh i, I like what we're doing so uh listen if you want to get a hold of aries if you want to send him any comments or questions go ahead what do you got uh hit me on the uh on the email Ari Spears, 45, at Hotmail. And I'm Andy Steinberg. Uh, you can find me at andycomedy.com and go to any of my social media and get a hold of me. And uh, my actual uh, email is on there, too, and so is my phone number. So if you want to call me up, that's fine, too, because I left my number on there because I know <clears> I'm not famous and no one's calling. So the day I have to change take that off, yeah. then I'll know I finally fucking made something of myself. <laughs> Thanks, you guys. You got it. There it is, baby. Bye.